Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. So folks, this is another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace. We are broadcasting live this afternoon. It is right at one o'clock here on the Eastern Time Zone. We're on Podbean Live again this afternoon. We've been on Podbean Live, well, every day for a week now. I think we started this last Thursday, actually, ran right through the weekend. And here we are. It's been a week of daily updates on, well, just everything that has to do with infection prevention. If you've been with us before, we always talk about things that are healthy, positive, and proactive. And I don't think this afternoon is going to be any different. But if you've been listening all week to the recordings because you haven't been here live, predominantly you've heard me talking to myself. But, you know, I had a very uh, surprising thing happen yesterday while we were talking live on the air is uh, Daryl Hicks joined us for a while yesterday and we got into some real good conversation. And, well, this afternoon, I am not going to do all of the talking. You're probably tired of listening to me by now. So... If everything is working right this afternoon, I believe Joel Craddock, are you on the line with me? I am on the line with you, David. Well, it's great to have you on here. Now, Joel's got a lengthy um, resume on LinkedIn, and I am not going to go through all of it. I'm going to let Joel tell you, but Joel, it's your show, so let's get talking. All right. Well, for those of you out there that do not know who I am, um, I own Docs Facilities Solutions, which is a commercial cleaning company in Rochester, New York, as well as Docs Facilities Consulting, which is a training and consulting company to the janitorial world. And I've been in this world for over 30 years now, which is hard to believe. (laughs) <laughs> time I'm not going to start comparing the lengths of times, Joel. No, I know, but it, it it's funny because I've met David uh, numerous times in person at the ISS. Well, yep. looks like we're having a little trouble getting Joel there. No, we lost bad. you there for a little bit. Yep, it's because people are trying to get a hold of me during this pandemic. So, I am here. Okay, we lost you there for a minute. So, uh, yeah, we, we've met each other numerous times at ISSA and, uh, well, online and some other things. Absolutely. And I know that one of the things you would ask me is, what you know, what can we do to protect ourselves both in our homes and in our offices? And here in New York State, we've got the highest number of people that have both been 
um, diagnosed with the coronavirus in the United States, as well as the highest number of deaths so far, as you can imagine, there's been a lot of challenges for people that work in our industries and even to protect people in their own homes. And, you know, they talk about all the things on uh, TV about, you know, stay away and cover your mouth and nose when you sneeze or cough and wash your hands and don't touch your face, eyes or nose. But it even goes beyond that. Um, think about a typical day for yourself. You get out of bed, you shower, you think you're clean. You go out, you're touching the doorknobs on your house and the outside storm door. When's the last time those have been cleaned? You go to your car, you touch the handle, you grab the steering wheel, you shift the car into gear, you touch the keys. Then, oh, on your way into work, you realize that, hey, I got to get gas. Now you're touching the handles and everything on the gas pumps. You need to think a lot smarter in today's day and age of how important your own personal protection is. And areas where there's pockets of coronavirus cropping up because we know it's person-to-person transfer, well, that's what happens. And we also know that it lives on surfaces for a while. So you have to make sure that you have some sort of a barrier. I, I drive around right now. I've got nitrile gloves in my front seat. I've got spray disinfectant and wipes that are on, you know, in there so I can take care of my steering wheel, my shifter, the doorknobs, you know, the for the window control, everything within my car because I need to keep myself safe. I pull up to a gas station. I put on nitro gloves to be able to touch those things. If you're using credit cards and you don't have the just tap and go and you actually have to punch in a pin number, you're touching that. How many other people have touched it? So we have to start thinking as a, as a community, even outside the janitorial world, of how important our safety is. Joel, I, I think what you know you're talking about here is we just have to be aware, and people are are saying, "Well." Sh- Are you there? Okay, that's dead air. Yep, there we go. Now I hear you again. Okay. okay. So, yeah, we all have to make personal choices about our what we do in our own environment and, and everything, but this all affects us, everyone. Yes. It absolutely does. And, you know, just everyday interactions and you don't even want to bring this stuff to our homes, to our, you know, our children, our spouses, our significant others, anything like that. There's just so much that it can affect. And, you know, if you have loved ones at home that are older, I mean, one of the things I do is I disinfect everything in the house as soon as I get there, every doorknob, every flusher, every faucet, light switches, everything. In my home, I put my clothes in the washing machine and I grab a shower because I want to make sure that I have nothing that I'm bringing into my home to pass on to anybody. So for people that have pets, you know, and the pets are going in and out and everything, uh, we talked about us carrying stuff in, but what about them? 
Well, I've seen a couple of reports so far is that it's not human to pet, but still have to be careful because it could still be on their fur. It can still live on their fur for a while. I know that it's, they're still doing some studies on that at the moment, uh, and there's no viable, credible information on that report that I saw as of yesterday. But, well, you know, let, let's not just talk about, we're not talking about just COVID-19. We're talking about all pathogens, all contaminants, because, you know, I, I think everybody's talking about this, know. but don't forget everything else we, we, the contaminants we have. Absolutely. I mean, the flu has killed more people in the United States right now than COVID-19. And that's kind of taken a back burner. And I know that just in Monroe County in New York State, where I am, we have four deaths because of COVID-19, but we've got 16 deaths because of the flu. So the flu is still at this point more deadly right in my own county than the other. And I think it's like a, a big awakening for a lot of people how important mm -hmm. transmission is of germs and bacteria between people. And I don't think a lot of people gave it a lot of thought. When I was in grade school, I can remember that they gave us an exercise. Okay, wash your hands. Okay, now put it under like a black light or we had this orange product. I mean, this purple product that would show us where mm -hmm. all the bacteria was still on. Our they don't do that with kids anymore in school. So some of the things, this is like a major revelation to people. And, and and for some of us that have been around and been in this industry for as long as you and I have, Joe, we understand this. We teach it and we talk it every day. Um, society as a whole hasn't been in tune with what we've been saying. So you ran a cleaning business. What uh, What do you see now as being an issue? Are people waking up to this, or are well, we still? I, I think to some degree that they are. Um, now, we're, we're on a modified lockdown in New York State right now, so all non-essential businesses are supposed to remain in place. But the uh, yeah, non-essential businesses, but the essential businesses, we still have to be open and doing things. So... In the commercial world, all the non-essential businesses have either laid everybody off or they're working from home, and they don't want us to return to their facility until this is lifted. But the businesses that have had to stay in place, like banks, got to have the banks open, right. they have restricted the amount of people that are coming in, but they've increased the, the level of cleanliness that they want in the branch banks and understanding that more people are going to the ATMs and using the drive up tellers, as well as we work with another organization that's an importer exporter where the original contract was two days a week cleaning. So now we go into their space five days a week and two days is the, the heavy duty cleaning and the other three days we come in is handling all the high-touch areas for complete cleaning and disinfection of those surfaces in order to keep their own people healthy. And one of the reasons why he had us doing this early on was that when we first took over their contract, he had told us that because we had cleaned differently and most of their staff had been with them 10-plus years and they had kind of a amount of absenteeism right during the course of the years. And he goes, the only thing that's different is that you guys are here. 
what is it that you guys are doing different than other janitorial firms? So, you know, and it was, well, we, you know, we clean for health because people's health is the most important thing. It affects businesses bottom line. If their staff doesn't make it to work because they're out sick, because everybody knows their own job better than anybody else. So when someone else is backing up that person, yeah, the job's still getting done, but not as effectively or efficiently. So he, he very early on clean, you know, increased the specifications with our company. Another one before they got locked down had us coming in and doing extra disinfection processes on a three-day-a-week account. Um, and then, like I said, with the banks, they upped the level of what they needed to have taken care of as well. So I know that this is going to be, business is going to change in all facets. How many people are in the workplace? The ideas of how, what, what is cleaning? For too many years, David, you and I know that it's been cleaning for appearance. If it looks clean, it is clean. <laughs> and that is not what it's to be. Yes, exactly, right? Yeah. Hey, I just spit on the wall. There we go. Um, but seriously, we've been preaching since I opened this business seven and a half years ago that cleaning for health is the more important scenario. Because it's the things that we cannot see with our eyes that make us sick and or can kill us. And it doesn't matter if it's the COVID-19. It doesn't matter if it's the flu or the common cold. We have to help reduce those pathogens that get people ill. Well, think about uh, MRSA and what it has done to so many people and the people that have died and lost their life. And that's definitely, you know, skin to surface contact and then you know, person to contact surface, or if you will, vector to fomite. Um, now, you know, to me, I always teach, and, and maybe uh, you teach the same thing. We haven't really compared our notes exactly. I think we probably do, but, you know, my point with all of this is all of the things that we're hearing people say to do is great. But what I am not hearing, which bothers me tremendously, is people are not talking about measuring the outcomes of their processes. And if we're really truly cleaning for health, we have to measure the outcome of what we do um, by my feeling. And do you concur or not? Oh, yes. I was actually on a call this morning uh, with a gentleman that I'm on LinkedIn with, Brian Ariel, who's out of the Syracuse, New York area, and they that's what they do is they do quantitative testing of, you know, is a company just coming in and, and doing a sanitation level cleaning? Is it, you know, a true disinfection or is it, you know, sterilized? And each three of those cleaning processes require different levels of what equipment are you using, what materials are you using, and what um, you know, chemicals you're using. And, you know, in the one case, as I told them, you know, when you go to a quick serve restaurant and you watch the individual sometimes go out to the dining area and they dump a, you know, a terry rag that should be white and it's now gray into some kind of sludge. And then they wipe down all of the, uh, the dining room tables and they don't, and they don't change it out. All that is doing is, okay, they've reduced germ count to some degree because they've taken off all the, all the organic material that's on there. 
and the the action of wiping is going to remove it, but they they still cross contaminated every surface, but yet mm-hmm. that's considered a proper cleaning technique. So it comes down to the processes that we as commercial cleaners or in house operations or maid services, how are we actually performing? Mm-hmm the level of clean and are we doing it at a level that's good and then you're right the testing that goes with it to an ATP or any other number of things you know culturing and putting it in a petri dish and seeing what grows I mean there's different ways to do testing and and this is going to be something that's probably going to be pushing our industry even more because of what's happening worldwide Joel, uh, we are live here on Podbean Live this afternoon. We've been talking for about 15 minutes. We are talking with Joel Craddock. He is from the New York, uh, Rochester, New York area, uh, owner and operator of a professional cleaning service there called Docs. We are sponsored this afternoon by Gym Supply in Central Florida, where they have been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930. Education is quite important to them, and thus is why the Academy of Cleaning Excellence exists. So, you know, as we're talking through this, uh, Joel, you know, my concern uh, and, and what we've been getting a lot of play here at the Academy is on our electrostatic disinfection uh, course, you know, the use of electrostatic sprayers. We have actually a certification course for that. And it's interesting as I talk and I, I watch people with their videos and stuff, um, we're not sending yeah. some cases the right message because all that we're showing is that we're spraying these units. You've probably have seen me on LinkedIn a number of times where I'm asking, are you pre-cleaning? And I think this is the thing that we're going to see going forward is that people that put out the RFPs, are going to have to augment what they're putting in and allow for more time for the practices rather than how quick can you do it and how many square feet are you going to do? Absolutely. I mean, it comes down to the basic chemistry of cleaning. You can't disinfect a surface that's got organic material on it that is acting as the food source for the bacteria and germs you're supposed to be cleaning. And I'm mean, not cleaning, but disinfecting and reducing the, the counts of them. So if you don't do your pre-cleaning, it's, it's impossible to have a proper disinfection level. It's like asking a painter to paint a crooked wall and expect paint to be straighten the wall out. You can't do it without doing the prep work. And you're right. The videos that I see, the things I've seen on YouTube of people saying, oh, this is, you know, this is what we're doing. And we're like, you know, we're spraying this chemical up into the, uh, HVAC system and we're killing you. No, I, I have friends in the HVAC world. That's not how you're going to kill the viruses and the bacteria and the spores and everything else, the fungus that's all in them. Yeah, you might around the vent, but you're not doing the whole system. And people, people have to do the research and understand what, what it is that we're doing, who is credible, and, and who is putting stuff out there to make the quick dollar. I want people safe. One of the reasons why I opened my own cleaning company was in, in, uh, I have three children and my middle child is severely autistic. And 20 years ago, he was diagnosed with autism when it was becoming one of those 
you know, in vogue things and what caused it. Because nobody knew back then. They really still don't today know. But I had myself tested because we didn't know if it was something that either of us passed it on. And the doctors came back and said, well, the good news is that you didn't pass it on to your child. But the bad news is you've got more chemicals and other things in your body than an embalmed person. You should think about a new career. So that's when I realized how important cleaning for health was because I was literally killing myself. Well, I've been a chronic asthmatic for two-thirds of my life, and, and stripping floors and the chemical strippers is what caused that. It's now COPD. I've had double pneumonia. I'm over 60. So when you think about the flu, you think about coronavirus and stuff like this, I'm, I'm in that category. And actually, the cleaning chemicals is what created the problems that I have. Absolutely. And, you know, God bless America for changing the things over the course of time. Yes, it's caused some problems um, with the cleanability of some services when they remove butyls, but what they've come up with is microfiber that adds that extra elbow grease and a few other things. So, you know, in the face of adversity, new ideas and new processes come out. And, you know, that's why cleaning for health is so important because we have to realize that the things that we work around, they're still chemicals. And what's safe today, hey, asbestos was safe at one time. And now look at all the lawsuits because of asbestos. So what about, uh, you know, because you're starting to see some of these people that have, um, well, they've been tested and they're, they're not contagious. They, they haven't had it. Or people that are going to be going through this and not uh, uh, their, um, what, what's the word? They've, um, oh gosh, what I'm trying to say, they, they're, uh, they're not uh, affected anymore. They've went through it. They're going to go back to work. What, what are we going to be looking at as far as how do the people keep themselves safe at work, at home, after this blows through? Because, you know, I was talking with a gentleman yesterday, and he was saying, you know, as the uh, temperatures change, uh, the environment changes that viruses don't like extremes. So we probably will run through this in a period of time. People are going to be coming back to these facilities. What are the, what do they need to worry about? Well, you know, and with that said about the temperatures, but yet, you know, Australia is locked down and they're in their summer right now. And you've got a lot of countries within um, Africa that have a lot of this, you know, virus going on in Brazil and even down in Louisiana and parts of Florida. And you guys have it a lot warmer. I, I know you said it was like 80, 90 degrees down there. It's not that warm up here in the north, but, you know, and it's still prevalent and growing. So, you know, there's conflicting reports in regards to is the, the warmer temperatures going to slow the rates down. And because this is so new, a lot of it's speculation based on, past viruses and how they do but if this is different we may see different results but to your question what do we need to do when we go back to work and that's that is a very good question social distancing that we're practicing now to flatten this curve as they say that's going to become even more important um you know the, the, the common, you know, uh, handshake at a business meeting might now be the toe tap that they're doing in China or 
bumping of elbows and things instead of the handshake or just a nod of the head. I think that people are going to realize how important this is. I think that, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the scientists are working on some type of, I don't think there's ever going to be a cure, but, you know, some type of way to, you know, ward off this because they're talking about this may morph and be something like the common flu and we may see this come up every year. And if we see this come up every year, there might be some type of inoculation like the flu shot, there might be a COVID shot. Um, you know, so those are all things that we're going to have to worry about. I know that around here, if you enter into a medical facility as a, as an employee or as a, a subcontractor, you have to have the flu shot. And if you don't have the flu shot, you are not allowed and you have to carry a card showing that you've had that. I did not um, know that. So is that, is that Joel, then, is that going to be for any contractor, a cleaning contractor that might be going into any type of a uh, facility like a daycare, a doctor's office, a clinic, a dentist office or anything? Or, or is this just hospital? Do you know? Well, right now, I know it's any uh, medical facility or senior living facility where you have people that are at risk. So um, that's, that's one of the things that hap was happening here even before, you know, the COVID outbreak. Uh, and what they've started to do, because I have several friends that work in housekeeping uh, within uh, different hospitals as well as uh, nurses and RNs and things that I know in several hospitals in the area, that now everyone's being tested temperature-wise. And if they're running a fever, they're not allowed to report to work. Uh, if they've had a fever previously in the week, they get tested a few times during the course of the day on their breaks and on their lunches for seeing if the fever is still there, as well as they're starting to require people to log in and log out the mileage on their car. And if a person has driven more than 30 miles between shifts, they will not let them in the building because they're afraid that they've traveled to an area where that could potentially be a problem. Wow. So the regulations keep changing day by day, and usually we have the news on at our office because our governor is on uh, you know the TV all the time. We have our local politicians there, and things sometimes change five times in one hour that we have to adhere to. So business has got to be able to move on a dime, mm -hmm. and we've been able to do that for all of our clients so far. Well, you know, as you talk through this, Joel, I'm thinking about something that Daryl Hicks and I uh, presented in our COVID class a couple of weeks ago now. And I have said for many years, and the reason the Academy, do we do what we do, is that I believe that at some point, just as well as you're saying that somebody has to have a flu shot in order to go in, you know, I would love to see whenever people that are doing this job of protecting health and facilities have to be a certified uh, professional, not by their own certification, but by a third party. And um, I'm not sure how you feel about that, but, you know, I, I think, I, you know, this is, I much to do a, a propane class on operating propane uh, burnishers and we actually when they take the class they get a card that they can carry with them just like an operator of a forklift 
uh, how do you feel about certifications and having to have that? Well, it's funny you say that because, as you know, I'm a, a master trainer for the ISSA, so I do a lot of these certified training classes for them. And in the last week, I've received calls from all over the United States about, can you teach this class and how soon can you get here? Because it is. I, I do believe that this is going to be no different than, hey, you don't, you can't go to a hairdresser unless they have a license. You can't go to a barber unless they have a license. And I think that it's been too lax on it in the past in our industry where, you know, you and I were joking about this uh, when we were on the phone the other day about, you know, what it was like back in the 80s to work in this industry. And, that, and well, if a person had a pulse and they put, you know, some fog on a mirror, you hired them. And we can't do that anymore. This, you know, evolved and changed years too. Oh, you know, we're kind of overlooked as the industry that we're in. And nobody gives us the credit for what we do. We need something major to happen. Well, guess what? We got what we asked for. Um, and, and <laughs> you know, now, now we are on the front lines. We are, you know, in, in the media as to what we actually do. And we need to make sure that the people that are working in these buildings, protecting everybody that walks in that front door, whether you're a retail establishment or a medical or a senior living facility or just an office building, every, every person needs to be protected. And that's what our jobs are. We're, we're writing prescriptions for people's health. We're on the front end. If we don't do our jobs right, that means that the doctors are doing what they're having to do today. You know, so we're on the forefront of healthcare. If you really want to be honest, well, I have always said, Joel, that we 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 are in the healthcare business. We just don't talk about that. But I think that's changing. You know, I saw the uh, a letter come to me from the company I work with, Jim Supply, and it's a letter to carry with me so that I am considered an essential service to be able to go back and forth to work during these times. And I'm thinking, you know what, why do we have to have it for just this time? I should be a card-carrying member that shows I'm certified and that, that I'm essential to the, to the industry, to, to society, for the reasons that you stated, just like you said. A barber has to have their certification and a license to do this. Um, you know, I think the only problem that I see is in our industry, we are so fractured how are we going to come up with something that is universally recognized? Well, and because of what's going on right now, I think we may have the platform to be able to have that happen. And we haven't been able to, to come to grips as, as an industry because we have been so fractured. But now that we all, and this is a global problem, it's not just to the U.S. or just to China or Italy, this is a global issue that maybe for the first time globally we are going to attack this and even politicians are going to have to start getting behind this in all parts of the world and realize how important it is of what we do every single day. Well, and, and, and what we do in the commercial field is one thing, but as you started when we started half an hour ago talking with you this afternoon, Joel, is, you know, we need to also think about once we leave work, what do we do at home? So, 
some of the things I've written in a protocol that we sent out as a free thing uh, for people during this time was first thing that I always teach in all the classes and I put it in the in in the protocol is the first thing you do is wash your hands and then put on your gloves you don't clock in until you've done that right. and the last thing you do is you take those gloves off and you wash your hands as you're leaving the building you know we don't want to take in or we don't want to take from these pathogens and you know to your point you said something a minute ago i and i i contend this have for years we should be washing our hands every hour with soap and water um i was talking with uh, aaron he was on the on the call with us uh, last week and uh we were talking about people and behaviors which is what you're talking about this afternoon joel we've got to modify our behavior he said one of the things that was interesting is that he used to he knew a, a person that said he, he started every day with uh, 10 quarters in his pocket and every time that he did a certain thing that he had in mind he had moved quarters from his left pocket to his right pocket and so what we were talking on air about is you know what would be what would be good is if we could start what we call the nickel challenge is that you put 10 quart you put 10 nickels in your left pocket and every hour when you wash your hands you move them so that would be one when you came in one every hour that you're there during your eight hours and one when you left what a behavior change that would be as if we could do that absolutely it would be so helpful because you know they're doing all kinds of public service announcements in this area about the importance of washing hands and the 22nd rule and showing how to properly wash hands and because they do a lot of traveling and go through the airports it's like you know all the studies have done about how many men wash their hands and, and you watch them come out of a stall and walk right out into the general public and then you have the other ones that just kind of run down and just get their hands wet and wipe them off on their pants on the way out you know now over the last month and when i had traveled recently there was actually a line waiting to wash hands i don't ever remember in my entire life seeing a line to wash our hands. I, I totally agree with you, but you know, one of the things I wanted to point out since you mentioned this and, and I didn't know you were going to, but uh, you know, just a public service announcement for the guys that are listening, women, this doesn't apply to you gentlemen, you know, and I know this, I, you know, immediately when I get off the plane, I've been on the plane for two and a half, three hours. I don't use the, the facility on the plane. I just don't do that. That's a personal thing for me. You do what you care. But I'm going to tell you, the first thing you do is you go to the bathroom. Gentlemen, wash your hands before you grab yourself. That's all I'm going to say. Think about what you touched and what you're getting ready to do. So, gentlemen, you should always wash your hands twice in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would agree with that. But I mean, I think this is what we're talking about, Joel. We're going to have to change our behavior. This is not just you and me, you know, spraying disinfectant around, although we're important. We've got to have help from everybody. Absolutely. This, this is an every person problem, whether you're in the cleaning industry or, you know, work in a factory, an office, a first response, it doesn't matter because we all carry contaminants. And we have to be aware of what we can do to another person. And I had seen a post recently 
um, about, you know, geez, all the years of unprotected sex, I didn't have to worry about, you know, and I was okay, but yet I could die from a handshake. And, you know, that that's the truth of where we are today. And there's so many different things out there uh, that, that could definitely hurt us. And most people don't even realize a lot of the things that are out there or the length of time that things could be on a surface. And I know MRSA can last for months on a surface. But nobody's talking about that right now. It's not the hot topic. Well, I can guarantee you on our class that we're conducting next Thursday, uh, we have an infection prevention certification class uh, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. We will talk about norovirus, MRSA, H1N1, uh, influenza, COVID-19, we are going to talk about all of it because when we're talking about keeping a facility health and what you and I do, we have to be up on everything. So this leads me to a point that I always like to make. And since you have employees, I wanted to ask you, can we do all of this without our rock star uh, first responders out there? Oh, heck no. <laughs> we, you know, our industry is a rock star as a whole. And it's our time to shine. Guess we lost you there again. No, what I said is, is that you know it's definitely our time to shine. So you know, you've, you've got employees that are out there. Uh, you know, I call them during this time first responders because everybody else is running from the building and they're running into it. Uh, what what is what is your feeling with your employees that are out there working right now? Well, we've been doing daily trainings. We've equipped it, equipped all of our staff with the latest information with the CDC and the WHO. As that information changes, we continue it. We talk about the importance of how to glove up, washing the hands before and after, like you stated, but also how to remove them properly so as not to contaminate themselves or others. Um, you know, wearing their mask, wearing their eye protection, you know, how to properly use the disinfectant. It's not a spray and wipe world. Unfortunately, advertising has, is uh, on TV because that's where we get all of our information. And you're seeing, you're watching the news and then there's an ad for a product where you're spraying your wipe and it's just clean and you cut through grease in a matter of seconds. You can't cut the grease in a matter of seconds, even with a commercial grade distance, I mean, a commercial grade degreaser. It needs to sit and dwell, and it's understanding what dwell times are about and emulsification of the soils, because without knowing those basic things, you can't do your job properly. So we spend a lot of time working with our staff so that each and every one of them knows exactly what it is that we expect, our clients expect, and how to protect themselves and everybody else. So I was uh, talking with someone, as you do, we're both doing that almost, <laughs> I would almost say we could do it 24-7 right now. Um, mm -hmm. Are you in any of the environments where you're having to do the full, uh, what I would say, moon suit, and you know what I'm talking about? Not yet, but I've had several people talk to us because they're talking about us doing that prior to their uh, staff coming you know, back once everything kind of lifts here in New York State and they want us to go in and do that. So, yes, I mean, we haven't done it as of yet, 
but we're on pace to being able to do some of that with our regular clients. And I've uh, reached out to a couple of companies in Rochester that that's one of their primary um, areas of what they do. And I've even offered, because my staff is properly trained, to, to help support them as their needs become more needed so they don't have to hire people and lay them off once it dies down a little bit. So to keep my staff working. I think you bring up a good point there. Are we going to, in our industry, going to need more qualified individuals or are we just going to be able to keep all of our people working? How do you see this playing out? Well, I see it playing out based on, you know, nothing but my own opinion right now. Sure. Is that people are going to be more in tune to what's going on, the people that are coming into their facilities, because there's many times that I, I sit at a negotiation table with potential clients, and they'll ask me, well, what's different about your company? And I'll tell them, and then, you know, they see the bottom line cost might be a little bit more expensive than somebody else, and they're like, well, you're more expensive. Oh, you're right, I am, but are they putting the training behind their people? Do they have a certificate that can be shown that, um, you know, that somebody has got some type of competency in what you're asking them to do? You know, what's that piece of mind for you? Now, do I, do I win all those accounts? No. And if I was, I'd probably charge them not enough. Um, <laughs> but if, I, if I'm losing, the, you know, in that percentage that you should be, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm educating people. I'm, I'm giving those decision makers the best information that I can so they can make the best decision for themselves and their facility because it's going to come down to education. You can go get a $10 haircut or you can go get a $50 haircut. Who do you, who do you want to use? You know, in transportation, same thing. You can buy a base model that's got nothing. Or you can buy only ten of these cars made a year. There's different price points depending on what you're willing to spend. I think when Daryl was on the line with us yesterday afternoon, we had some of the conversation about this, and he said, "You know, uh, the people that want to hear my message of uh, proper cleaning for health will listen. I'll educate the ones that don't, and the other ones, I'm just going to have to walk over them and forget about them because they'll never listen anyway." So. I think, uh, you know, we have to look at, at the people that we employ. You know, we have a rock star program where we identify the rock stars, and I've been putting that out uh, every chance I get. You know, so as I, I think as services go through this time where everything is increasing and their awareness is up, I would, I would ask anybody that's listening to this, Please identify your rock stars. Go to www.rockstarcustodian.com. You can nominate your rock stars. We have a criteria to follow there. Um, we've got a national contest that's going on right now for 2020. We uh, nominated and uh, recognized somebody uh, for last year and would love to. Well, hey, you know, even some of your people, Joel, you need to get them uh, nominated on the rock star program. <laughs> Yes, they, they are my lifeblood, the ones that I tagged on your post the other day. They, they are my everything. I, I, I can't do what I do without their help. I mean, this, I, we're not in this alone. We're in it together. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, we've went for quite a while. I know that it's been kind of a challenge. I can hear uh, it, uh, your phone's been going off and mine's been going. So uh, you have any final words for the audience uh, for today, Joel? Just be safe. Definitely listen to what the CDC and the WHO are saying, not somebody who's out just posting information. And, and listen to trusted people in our industry that have been there that are doing things the right way, that are training things the right way, because that is going to be what carries us through these trying times and beyond. Because one of the things everybody's saying is, what is business going to be like? What's the new norm going to be like? Well, the new norm could be that we have to have certifications in our, in our businesses or a certain percentage of people that have certifications in order to stay in business. So what's the new norm? And out of every crisis comes stars and star companies and a new way of doing things. Because I think when, you're very right. Uh, Henry, yeah, because when Henry Ford went into business, everybody wanted a faster horse. They didn't want a car. They wanted a faster horse. Well, he invented the car. So it's all in what we do with what we have. Very well put, Joel. Would you mind giving anybody uh, some information so they can contact you uh, from this podcast? Sure. Uh, my website is docsfs, so I'll spell it phonetically. That's David Ocean Charlie, Sam Frank Sam .com. Uh, there is a place that you can contact me there, or if you are a firm believer in LinkedIn, as I am and David is, it's Joel Craddock, and the last name is C-R-A-D-D-O-C-K, and you can find me there, and just tell me you heard me on the podcast, and I'll connect. Joel, it's been great having you on. Hopefully, we can do this again when maybe uh, things have calmed down a little bit, and we'll... Uh, Maybe we'll talk through what the new norm is looking like after we're through on the other side of this. I would love that. And hopefully the new norm still means that we're going to see each other in Chicago for the trade show. Well, I got to tell you, um, I, I had several things that I was supposed to speak at between, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago and mid-June. And all of those have been postponed till the latter part of the year. So, I got a feeling that this fall, uh, even into the winter, is going to be extremely busy for us in the in this industry. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. David, thank you for the opportunity. You're quite welcome, Joel. And to everybody that's been listening, uh, come on live and has joined us. Uh, sorry, we didn't get to many questions today. We kind of had a guest speaker, so we're going to let was letting Joel kind of talk to us. Uh, if you have a question, if you've listened to this in a recording and you have a question overnight, we are doing this podcast every afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern. It is live. You can come on the show. And yes, I know I'm talking tomorrow is a Saturday and then Sunday, and I will be here to talk with you. So if you have a question, come online. Please put it there. You can reach out to the Academy of Cleaning at www.academyofcleaning.com. My email address is dthompson at academyofcleaning.com. We would love to hear from you. If you want to be on the show as a guest speaker, please do so if you've heard this uh, podcast. Always looking for somebody to talk other than me just rattling around and 
Uh, well, I have a tendency sometimes to get on my soapbox a little too. So, folks, we appreciate you being here. Whatever you do between now and the next time I talk with you, make sure that it wash is healthy, positive, and proactive. And wash uh, your hands. <laughs> uh, contact Joel Craddock at Doc's Cleaning uh, Facility Consulting, and uh, maybe he'll have some time to put you in his new customer list. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.